0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Slevin sitting in for Simon Morris. This week on At The Movies... A legendary football manager opens up after a health scare. It wasn't about you, it was about us.
1: It was about being a team.
0: Nothing more important
1: than someone who's at hard times but prepared to
0: not give in to it. Two broken individuals unite on a quest that might end up putting one of them back together. Ah bon? Bah oui, le 16 mai 89. Oui, pour y chercher s'il vous plaît. And in a fictionalized and fantastical version of the antebellum South, escaped slaves make their way through dangerous country with the help of an actual underground railroad. If you want to see what this nation's all about, you gotta ride the rails. Just look outside as you speed through, and
1: you'll see the true face of America.
0: I know that lots of people won't think of that last one actually as a movie. It's on a streaming service, after all, and is ten episodes long. But I really believe we need to get over this debate about whether something is cinematic or not. As a friend of mine commented last year while this was being litigated online, if I turn the lights off at home, it's cinema, and if I leave the lights on at home, it's television. The best thing I saw all last year was Apple TV Plus's comedy series Ted Lasso about a failing American soccer coach trying to make it in the Premier League. Ten half-hour episodes later and I'm sobbing on the couch, almost impossibly moved by the sweetness and empathy of a great story and great characters. Going to the pictures can still do that, of course. I love it. But let's not limit ourselves or think of episodic storytelling as being somehow second class. I used to
1: lie in bed thinking about themes where I could address the players that would make an impact on them, you know? I would talk about miners, shipyard workers, welders, toolmakers, you know, people who come from poor backgrounds... And I used to ask them, what does your grandfather do? What did your father do? But I have to get the the feeling inside them that what their grandfathers worked for and their grandmothers is part of them. And they have to they have to display that meaning. And uh, taking away all the, the trophies I've won and the great prayers I've had. I think it's a thing about life. It's a fact of life that where we come from is important.
0: When Simon asked me to step into the breach this week, I took a look at the schedule and let out a sigh. The first film this week is quite literally a hospital pass. For more than 30 years, Sir Alex Ferguson's record of success at Manchester United was a source of great pain and suffering for many of the rest of us. He was such a dominant figure, the Guardian newspaper nicknamed him the Imperial Lord Ferg. There was even a thing called Fergie time, where Sir Alex could, with the sheer power of his mind, persuade referees to change the amount of injury time they allowed, depending on whether Manchester United were winning or losing. Why would we willingly want to revisit an era of such frustration and failure for the rest of us who supported other teams, that period of Prawn sandwich-eating glory hunters, the rich clubs getting richer thanks to Premier League extravagance. No, this was going to be nothing but pain, and I braced myself accordingly. And then it turned out to be pretty good, and at times actually quite moving.
1: So we're going to start this session with a quiz. A quiz? A quiz. Test <clears throat> your memory. <clears throat> test. Test my memory. Ready? <clears throat> Right. Okay. On which road is the house you were born in? Shieldhall Road. Correct. Who scored your first goal as Man United manager? John Sieverbeck. Correct. What was the name of the travel agent you used at Aberdeen? Harry Hines. Harry Disaster Hines. <laughs> what do you remember about Saturday, 5th of May, 2018?
0: nothing. On 5th of May 2018, five years after retiring as manager of Manchester United, where he had reigned for 27 years, Sir Alex Ferguson collapsed with a brain hemorrhage. For several weeks, it was touch and go whether he would survive, or if he did, it would be in a diminished state. He was desperately worried about his memory and what losing that would mean to him. The existential question of, who would he be without them? As mental exercise at first, he sat with his son Jason and told stories of his youth, his upbringing in Govan, and his early years in football. Jason, in return, realized that these stories and this perspective on his father might be interesting for a sports-mad public. He'd never made a film before, but he did have great access. Ferguson's vulnerability is our way in. Serious illness has a way of humbling even the most arrogant of men, but as we go through the film, subtitled Never Give In, we realise that the vulnerability was there all along, but Sir Alex had the self-knowledge to realise when it could be useful to him and when it wasn't. He's the son of a Glasgow shipyard worker. Father and son were both proud unionists. Ferguson was a shop steward when he was a toolmaking apprentice. But football soon won the battle for his attention, and a famous hat-trick for St Johnston at Rangers, his neighbourhood club, put him on the map, and he gained a reputation as a player with an eye for goal. Eventually, Rangers themselves came calling. The dream move, you might say. But by this time, Ferguson had married Cathy, who was a Catholic, a huge problem in a sectarian society like 1960s Glasgow.
1: When I signed for Rangers, one of the directors, he asked me about Cathy. And he says, um, I have to ask you a question about your wife. Uh, I believe she's Catholic. And I says, yeah. He says, were you married in a chapel? I says, uh, no, we you married in the register office? He says, oh, that's OK. Uh, you know, I should have told me to f- off. You know, I really should have. But I supported Rangers as a boy, and had an opportunity to go and play for Rangers. You're prepared to take no instance. You know what I mean? I was... I went myself down there, and I went myself my wife down. That was the most important thing, because she was a devout Catholic.
0: Jason Ferguson's film deftly alternates between the storytelling uh, and well-chosen archive clips help here, and it doesn't rely too much on long passages of football and his dad's recovery and return to Old Trafford. The climax, as Manchester United fans would have to agree, was the 1999 Champions League final in Barcelona, where his team turned defeat into victory over Bayern Munich in the very last minute of the game. After that, his career was like a greatest hits tour, trophy after trophy, but nothing was ever quite as exciting as that again. I'm fascinated by leadership in sport, where we find it and what it can teach us. A friend of mine calls it the top two inches, and that's where the games are won and lost. Ferguson's instinctive command of the psychology of young players and the values-based way he tried to teach them how to live come through in the film. But Ferguson as a manager was also a first-class grade-A mind game player with his own people and the opposition, and there's an intriguing mix of sentiment and ruthlessness running through him. In the film, he talks about dropping goalkeeper Jim Leighton for the FA Cup final replay in 1990. Leighton had been a hero for him at Aberdeen and in previous seasons at Manchester United. After that game, Leighton never spoke to him again and was clearly a broken man as a result. I lost a friend, says Ferguson, but it was clearly the right thing to do.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with losing your temper if it's for the right reasons, you know, because... My experience of human beings, they'd like to do the things the easiest this way. The minute you, you accept a bad performance from a bad technical
0: aspect of the training, they'll do it again. Sir Alex Ferguson, never give in, is rated M for offensive language because Sir Alex occasionally stoops to the kind of locker room language that players might have found motivational at half-time during a big game and it's playing in select cinemas across New Zealand now.
1: Alors monsieur Kuchar, Kuchar, comment ça se passe la sécurité réseau Bien, bien, très bien. Bien, à vrai, après c'est pas très difficile, la domotique basique. J'ai aussi beaucoup avancé sur le programme de la zone nord. Pour la zone de Cévennes Nord, ce qu'il faut maintenant c'est réorganiser toutes les connexions interservices, interministérielles si vous préférez et j'ai mis au point un système d'outils puissant qui permet de relier tout à tout.
0: It's not often that a film comes at you with this much of a reputation and then fails to land on almost every level. Adieu, les camps is a centrepiece of this year's French Film Festival and was nominated for 12 Césars, they're the French Oscars, and it won six of them. But I found it frustrating the first time around and then enraging when I tried to give it a second chance. The English title is Bye Bye Morons, and it's dedicated by writer, director, and star Albert Dupontel to Monty Python comic Terry Jones. There's a madcap vibe being strained for here, but the film itself can't find any warmth or love to be a foundation for the humour. It's cynical and misanthropic, but mercifully, it's also quite short. Hello,
1: the pheasants are your holy grail. Get this 12mm Browning Jr. for perfect accuracy. If deers are your dream, go for something more powerful, a 12mm Thompson. But if boars are your ultimate goal, use 12mm Hunter Magnum force Because the hunter must always be the master.
0: That voice is Terry Gilliam, another python, in a very brief cameo as an online gun salesman pitching his wares at frustrated middle-aged government IT manager Jean Baptiste, played by the film's creator, Dupontel. He's extremely gifted at what they call IPsec. He's the kind of bloke you call to keep those crypto cyber hackers out of your DHB. But he's not terribly exciting and doesn't have any friends. Depressed and encouraged by Mr. Gilliam's firearm fantasies, he attempts to shoot himself in his office but botches the job and wings a mid-ranking bureaucrat instead. He had been talking to a hairdresser named Suze, who because she has discovered that the hair products she has been working with are actually killing her, now wants to find the child she gave up for adoption when she was only 15. That's a tricky challenge in France as it happens, because at that age your parents can enforce an anonymous birth and have all the records sealed forever. With Jean-Baptiste on the run and with nothing to lose, and Sue's losing her battle with mortality, they team up to try and find her child before it's too late. Chased across the city by cops and bureaucrats desperate to avoid scandal... Our increasingly intrepid couple follow the online and offline clues with the help of a blind archivist and an obstetrician with advanced dementia. Yes. I've un peu perdu la main because personne ne vient jamais aux archives.
1: Pardon, me? je commun?
0: Permettez. Vous êtes qui, vous? Mais c'est rien, c'est rien. C'est, c'est un ami. C'est, c'est pas la police, monsieur. Vous êtes aux archives de 365 mètres. Qu'est-ce que vous faites avec mon argue? Je m'en sers. The clue to the attitude that this film takes is right there in the English title, Bye Bye Morons. It starts from a position that all of modern life is crap and that the only solution is to disengage with it. Well, that might be true, but it's very wearing for a viewer. Almost everyone we meet is worthless somehow. The inarticulate teenager playing video games on his front porch. The senior manager who only wants to employ kids from the top schools. The middle manager who hires a blind electrical engineer to look after his archive and is inordinately proud that the assistive technology for this one staff member cost 5% of his entire budget the blind archivist himself, who, whenever things get too dangerous, starts inexplicably yelling, no jail for the disabled, in order to create some kind of distraction. Like so many films from France in recent years, it looks at all kinds of progress as a departure from essential Frenchness. The modern world is a disappointment. The people are shallow, the culture is degraded, meaningful human relationships are almost impossible. And it seems to think that creepy digital stalking is okay as long as you're trying to get two attractive young people to fall in love with each other. I didn't hate it all. The production design by Carlos Conti is one of those César winners that is well-deserved, and Dupontel's framing is often visually interesting, at least. But his obvious efforts to homage Gilliam's masterpiece Brazil – he even has a character called Tuttle – falls disappointingly short on too many levels
1: alors 23h34 accoucher une gamine de 15 ans garçon 3 kg 4 la gamine a beaucoup souffert
0: bye bye morons is rated m for adult themes It continues to headline the French Film Festival across the country and is going to get what they call a platform release at discerning cinemas as it finishes its festival run. This film obviously works for lots of people. It just didn't for me.
1: You go on about reasons. Calling things by other names as if putting them up will change what they is. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. You and your friend killed a little boy. You do what you have to do, to survive. I ain't nothing like you.
0: enough. enough. Earlier this year, the management consultant's McKinsey released a damning report accusing Hollywood of leaving money on the table. I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound like the Hollywood I know. But the evidence was compelling. The American film and television industry, according to the consultants, were missing out on $10 billion of revenues by failing to serve black audiences and failing to take advantage of black talent. The report made uncomfortable reading, but perhaps because COVID has meant less money to leave on the table in the first place, it didn't get much traction at the time. There have been some high-profile recent hits Black Panther springs to mind, But the systemic obstacles to black representation still remain. One studio has bucked that trend, however, by commissioning, financing and purchasing works about black subjects made by black creatives and with an eye to black audiences. And it may surprise you that the studio in question is Amazon. I find it kind of staggering that a monumental global retailer whose business model and methods cause immense damage to culture and business everywhere it operates would use a streaming video service as a loss leader and then prioritize some of the best and most interesting work being made anywhere. It's about as counterintuitive as it gets, but that's the 2020s for you. Last year on this program, I reviewed a couple of great examples of what Amazon has been prioritizing. Two smaller, indie-style films with distinctive points of view, and something different to say about the black experience. Sailor and the Spades was like a mafia movie set in an elite black high school. And The Last Black Man in San Francisco was an autobiographical story of gentrification and alienation. Since then, Amazon has gone even harder. In a co-production with the BBC, they produced Steve McQueen's Small Axe, an epic series of films about Afro-Caribbean life in London in the 70s and 80s. In New Zealand, those films are going to land on the UK TV channel that sits on the Sky platform, but they really deserved to be featured in the International Film Festival. Amazon also produced Regina King's debut feature film One Night in Miami about a fictionalised meeting between Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, Cassius Clay and Malcolm X in 1964. That's really good, that one. And of course, they also brought Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall back together for Coming to America earlier this year. But the biggest and most prestigious of these black productions is Barry Jenkins' epic adaptation of Colson Whitehead's Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Underground Railroad.
1: Now, the train will be here shortly. I just need a word
0: for the manifest.
1: I beg your pardon.
0: For all who journey on the railroad must be documented in the manifest. How else will we account for the souls entrusted to this campaign? You may speak as much or as little as you like, but
1: you must speak. I'll speak for the both of us.
0: As you might imagine from the Oscar-winning maker of Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk, The Underground Railroad is immaculate, from conception to execution. It's the best film I've seen this year, and even if I'll never see it on a giant screen, or own a Blu-ray disc of it, or see it with a film society, it deserves to be considered as an important piece of cinema and film lovers everywhere should seek it out. Like the novel, the story is set in a fictionalised, heightened version of the pre-Civil War southern states. We follow an escaped slave, Cora, played by Tusu Mbidu, as she travels from state to state, Looking for Safety, pursued by the indefatigable bounty hunter Ridgway, played by Joel Edgerton. Each episode is a chapter named after a state she passes through, and each state is not only a nightmarish, embellished, exaggerated version of the historical truth, each state is also a metaphoric representation of some aspect of black life in America, the entirety of it, from transportation from Africa to educational inequality and modern-day police brutality. In Georgia, she witnesses unimaginable cruelty and escapes, searching for her missing mother. In South Carolina, it appears as if blacks are citizens and can move freely and safely among the white population until we realize that they're suffering the most shameful medical experiments and interventions. And in Indiana, she discovers an idyllic, black-owned vineyard and community, prosperous and harmonious, until we realize that they're only tolerated by the local white community as long as they don't act up or make trouble.
1: Cora belongs here, same as any of us. And it's for her to tell her story whatever she's running from or whatever she's running to whenever she chooses. Please don't use her to push your grievances against the real world.
0: I'm not against the railroad. I am not against the railroad. Now, I bear no ill will toward that poor girl, but you are naive to think white folk are gonna let us keep a place like this if we continue to taunt them with our arrogance. Arrogance? Since when is living and breathing and telling the land what is rightfully yours? Arrogance. And then... There's the railroad itself. In reality, the Underground Railroad was its own kind of metaphor for the network of safe houses and trails that allowed slaves to find their way to the northern states. But Whitehead and Jenkins ask, what if? What if it was a real train? What would that feel like? What sort of independence and audacity would that represent? The Underground Railroad is so much more than another slavery drama because it foregrounds the total black experience in emotionally as well as historically authentic ways. If you're a wide audience, Jenkins and his collaborators aren't really talking to you, and aren't interested in mediating that experience for you, and the film is all the more powerful and meaningful for it. Who build all of this?
1: Who builds anything in this country? far
0: does it go away from here that's all i can tell you the underground railroad is 10 episodes of varying length streaming on amazon's prime video system each episode has its own rating but they all start with 18 plus and amazon offers a seven-day free trial for prime video and that's our program for this week We play ourselves out with a track from the soundtrack of the Underground Railroad. It's called Bessie by Nicholas Brittell. Simon should be back in time for the next episode, so I trust you will join him for more at the movies at the same time next week.